another episode of the Great British Drafting Show, a proud part of the Riot Network and powered by Orpho Carolina. I'm your host, Dan Cresso, and joining me this week, as he is every week, is Vincent Richardson. Hello. Yeah. Now, we're really excited about this week because we sort of saved the best till last. We've got a position of need for the Panthers, but also one that's quite deep in this draft. Yeah. No, it's 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 I think probably almost undeniably the deepest position in the in the class. Yeah. It's, it's really um, deep. Yeah, and I, I don't know about you, Vincent, but I, I do enjoy watching Ed Rushers, um, because there's always a good variety of ways that they, they beat offensive tackles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's there's always good arguments you can make about valuing certain skill sets over others. Yes, yeah. And you've also always got the balance between guys who are who are realistically going to be more three, four, or four, three dependent, and guys who are sort of more pure, you know, effectively just pass rushers, and guys who've got a more well-rounded game or have maybe some positional flexibility. So that 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 also sort of factors in it a, a bit as well. Yeah. Um, and to to clarify for anyone listening, uh, we're calling an edge rusher anyone who's either a four-three end or a three-four outside linebacker. So they spend yeah. most of the time uh, on passing downs, rushing the passer rather than dropping into coverage. Yeah, yeah. Um, the balance between those things will depend a bit on scheme, but they're, they're guys who have essentially are best at rushing the quarterback off the edge. Yeah. Um, so the Panthers, uh, sort of nominally a 4-3 team, that's what they've been playing for a good few years now, uh, yeah. might switch to a 3-4. Um, yeah. I, I, and I, if I they do, that... probably depends. Uh, we'll throw up some questions as to what they do at the position. Yeah, I think that the, the hints have really become stronger and stronger that they're going to more of a 3-4 defense. Um, and I, that, that does make some sense. There are pros and cons to both. And, and if you if you know, if you know do it well, you can you know, flex between the two and play some really strange fronts as well and have a lot of success. I mean, the Patriots have done that for, for a number of years. Um, the one thing it will do for the Panthers is, is to create some personnel issues because they've, you know, they've been built as a 4-3 team for years. They don't necessarily have natural loads of natural three techs or loads of natural sort of uh, you know uh, stand up edge rushers um they have you know they signed bruce Irvin, who's who can potentially play that sort of three four outside linebacker role and they, they haven't signed him but they, you know they, they they're clearly sort of looking quite um in detail at alan bailey uh i think that's his name um who's yeah. the, the the chief's um former three four end who's more of a sort of uh, natural three tech um so in terms of what they could do in the draft, there's probably a need at both. I mean, I know they've worked out Draymond Jones from Ohio State, who's potentially more of that three-tech type role. So I think they are looking at both. And guys who potentially have some flexibility, either between playing 4-3 uh, defensive end and 3-4 outside linebacker, or potentially there are even a couple of guys here who could maybe play 4-3 defensive end and then move inside to 3-4 three, um, three-tech. So there are, there, there are a number of ways the Panthers could go at, at looking to address their sort of outside edge rush sort of situation um but but yeah yeah, it's definitely an area of of focus for them yeah and and just to remind our listeners um why are the panthers so keen to bring in edge rushers this year um so that's part of it is just they've lost people so julius peppers retiring um creates one hole Uh, they they decided to move on from west horton for for, or at least appear to be for a number of reasons and, and you know that's fine um but it was an area where they have had some historic success. And Mario Addison is actually a pretty good starting defensive end. 
but they've had some natural changeover in terms of the retirements. But also, this just this wasn't a position that that it, it's been a, a bit of a lagging need for a while. And yeah. over the last, really, the last half decade, they've swung and missed a, a number of sort of relatively not high end defensive ends. But Cody Ely had some good seasons, but didn't stick around. Never quite put it all together. Uh, Deshaun Hall was out of the league. Uh, well, he's not out of the league, but he was off the team within a season after being a third round pick. Um, and Marquise Haynes, who was they traded up for in the fourth round last year. Maybe he might seem to develop, but he's now relatively old um, and didn't really do anything last year. So it, it's an area they've kind of been trying to address for a while and have just had no success hitting on sort of early mid-round sort of day two type picks. So it, it, it's... It's a position that hasn't been strong for a while, but as players, who long-term players have got older and moved on, it's become more and more of a need. Does that suggest that the Panthers might spend a first-round pick on a pass rusher in this year's class? I think it's definitely a possibility. Um, I think really, it would almost at this point, it seems like it would be a surprise to most people if they went somewhere that wasn't either edge rusher or offensive tackle. Um, with that said... Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 it, it would be definitely be a surprise if, if they didn't address edge rusher at all. Whether it's the first round or day two, um, it, it isn't totally, it'll depend on how the board falls, of course. But it's it would almost be inconceivable to see them not address it through the first three rounds of the, of the draft. Yeah. Um, so now let's move on to talking about what we as scouts, uh, as people who are uh, looking at edge rushers, what we look for in terms of their qualities, their skill sets. Um, uh, the athleticism and the technique what kind of um, abilities do you look for in an edge rusher so there are there are a number of ways that an edge rusher can be successful and it isn't there isn't sort of one mold of what they have to do uh, but the easiest way it's all the, the the simplest way for edge rushers to be successful is, is with speed around the edge that that you want to see the quickness and the get off to threaten outside and have the bend and the hand usage to then work outside the tackle and bend back to the quarterback this is sort of the classic speed rush and this is all sort of the basis of what a lot of nfl players do even the guys who have a lot of success inside a lot of that is then set up by their outside rush so the threat of them going outside forces mistakes or forces puts pressure athletically on the tackle that they can then expose uh, inside so you, you do want to see some ability to win outside because if, if you're very reliant on winning inside or with more technical um, methods, which we'll get to in a second, then better NFL tackles will, will basically challenge you to win outside. Um, but with that said, you, you know, there are players who do a really good job of, of effectively um, facing up against offensive tackles and then working with their hands to work, effectively create uh, leverage advantages without necessarily the quickness, but through technique. Uh, so you want to see fast and, and well-placed hands and sort of a, a, a real, for those kind of players in particular, a real strategy of how they're going to win. Uh, what, quite often what you see, and, and, a, and a big development step for a lot of edge rushers, is is going from having one thing that works really well, which is what you can have success with in college, to then having more of a plan B and, and, and an actual real strategy of how, how, to, how to create pressure. Um, all of this, again, you want to see things like uh, strength. Uh, to, if you if you if someone uh, you know for things like a bull rush you need to have the power to do that for for inside moves you need to see balance and quickness and pad level to be able to make those those things possible um so the uh, core athletic traits are very important um but but there is the technique then of sort of the way you use your hands and you some players have sort of distinct moves so like a rip move or a spin move or a swim move that they've clearly worked on and so those kind of things are nice to see but aren't deal breakers if they don't have them um 
And then as run defenders, it's similar to, to sort of normal defensive linesmen that you need to see, you know, good pad level to stop them just getting blown backwards. You want to see them locate their hands well to stop them getting swamped and then some ability to work off blocks. Um, but depending on, on the scheme they've worked in, some guys will just be asked to penetrate a lot, particularly if they're sort of more in the 3-4 end mould. Um, and, and some guys will just ask to set the edge every time, 45 plays a game. So so they are a bit dependent on how they're used. Uh, and then again, if you're if you're a 3-4 scheme that wants guys to drop into coverage, you do want to see the movement skills. I mean, this is something that's very hard to judge because generally when they were, you know, when these guys were asked to drop, it was quite often very simplistically just dropping into an outside zone kind of thing. So that is something that really needs to be probed with workouts. But but some kind of if if you really want edge rushers to drop into coverage, you want to see some movement skills and some some vague awareness of of, of what they're meant to be doing in coverage. But you know, for a lot of these guys who are moved between one scheme and another, there is going to be a bit of coaching difference. So you, know, Marquis Haynes was pretty much a, a standard 4-3 end at Ole Miss, and the Panthers have tried to move him into a sort of a 3-4 outside linebacker type joker role. And so there are, there, you know, there are going to be players who just have to transition, and that's something that that, that, that you kind of are going to know you have to do depending on the scheme. But but yes, yeah, so, so it, it is, it's one of the positions that translate most directly to the NFL because the job is essentially the same. Um, yeah. But but you, you you really ideally you want to see the ability to win both inside and outside and the ability to adjust on the fly between those two if that makes sense yeah no i i totally agree um there are quite a few guys that you watch in college that can either only ever win inside and with like a particular move or only ever win outside with a speed rush um and it's it's nice to see some variety in terms of uh pass rushing technique because yeah. when, it, when it gets to the pros where the kind of level of detail in terms of opposition scouting is much higher um, and you're playing against, you know, veterans, uh, offensive tackles who have sort of almost perfected their craft, you, you, you can't win only one way. Um, no. You might make one play in the whole game uh, if you keep trying the same thing again and again. Um, and, and getting offensive tackles uh, thinking and a bit off guard, catching them off guard is a good thing. Um, and another point I want to make as well is if the Panthers do move to a 3-4 scheme, uh, then you start you might look a bit more into zone coverage abilities um, than you would if if you expect them to stick with a 4-3. Yeah, no, I, I think I think there is some of that, but so few of these guys were asked to drop in any meaningful way that that trying to I, I think that is something that they'll have to look at at workouts. I mean, there are guys who clearly have nice movement skills and who flashed at the combine drills and that kind of stuff, but. Even some of the guys, even who you know, even the ones who were actually asked to drop into coverage, it was so simple what they were simplified what they were asked to yep. do that trying to really project that to any kind of meaningful coverage in the NFL, I think is 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 somewhat a fraught exercise. Yeah, and especially if you're drafting a edge rusher in the first round, it's going to be because of their pass rushing abilities. Um, yeah. Even though playing yeah. the run is very important, and uh, being able to cover if your scheme asks for that is somewhat important really what you're you're paying for at that position is being able to rush the passer yeah i mean what and we'll get to this when we get into some particular players what you don't want is them to be an actual sort of targetable liability um as, as a run defender in particular you know yeah and, and don't get me wrong there is still very definitely a value for guys who can just rush the passer and do nothing else but that tends to then lower their value because they can become more rotational pieces and say like with mario addison for the panthers that's what he he you know to start his career, he was really a pass rusher who, who was largely used in pass rushing situations. And that's kind of how they used F.A. Abada when they sort of worked out how to use him last year was he, he was there to rush the passer and run defense is still something he needs to work on. 
Um, and, and, and there are guys like that in this class and some of them it's physical limitations but uh, for a lot of them it, it's just that that's not where their focus has been for the most part and they can they can afford to take plays off of the run defenders yeah so let's move on to the big board now um so as with every yeah. week we'll kind of go down your big board um and talk about why you have certain players ranked a certain way um and sort of illustrate um what players do how they win um so number one on your big board is josh allen out of kentucky um why is he your number one in this very strong class um so i i think there are there are obviously the two guys who are being talked about a lot are josh allen and nick bosa and they are they are relatively close together and there is a bit of, of personal taste in this as well um the reason why i really like him is i think he is more complete than nick bosa and i think that he also possibly has a higher ceiling as well um, and what I mean by that is he has a level of quickness and his ability to win outside is better than Nick Bosa's. Um, and bearing in mind that they are actually, although Nick Bosa was more of a classic 4-3 and, and Josh Allen was more of a 3-4 outside linebacker, they're basically the same height and weight. So there's not sort of, in, you know, a, a, a 40 pound weight difference, say, and, you know, you could both schemes can use them pretty much interchangeably in that regard. Uh, but Josh Allen, I think, is a, a significantly better run defender in terms of uh, his consistency to be a plus player in that regard. Um, and he has a better outside rush game. And although Nick Bosa's got this really, really well-developed um, inside rush game with his hand usage, um, I, I think his, his, if you actually challenge him to win outside consistently, that wasn't something he had a load of success with. He's, he's, to get me wrong, they're both first-round talents. I've got first-round grades on both of them. They're both going to be top five prospects in this class, probably. Uh, but I prefer Allen's ability to win outside, even against better tackles, and that then creates opportunities inside. Whereas Bosa, it, it seems like, is is quite often looking to win inside and does just enough outside to then set that up. And against more athletic tackles, they will probably challenge him more to win outside. And I'm not sure that he, that, well, he uses his hands very well to create leverage and he bends nicely. He just doesn't necessarily have the great foot speed to, to, to really pressure better um, tackles. Um, but he has a really nice, he's, you know, technically Nick Bosa is incredibly well developed. I think, although Allen is more well-rounded in terms of the run game and the pass game and having some coverage ability, Bosa is probably has the higher floor. He's, he's probably the, the safer pick. Um, but he does have some issues in the run game in terms of his pad level in particular. Um, and he does, wasn't really asked to be used in coverage. So if, if you want to drop someone in his coverage, he, he, he hasn't done that at all. Um, but I mean, both of them are very good players. Um, I just think Alan is a better run defender right now, has the, the coverage potential, and also I think has a higher ceiling as a pass rusher with his outside rush. Uh, but both are, are really well-rounded, good prospects. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think they're, they're both very good prospects, definitely worthy of a first-round pick. One thing that gives me slight hesitation about uh, Josh Allen's game is the, the lack of hand usage when he's pass rushing. Um, he, I wouldn't call him a, a refined pass rusher by any stretch of the imagination. At this stage uh, in his career, he wins with athleticism. Um, but he does flash hand usage in a run game. Um, and it, 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 it's something, if he if he gets good coaching, he could develop it. But I'm definitely a lot more confident that Nick Bosa can do the things that are required to to win at the NFL level. So it's interesting because I, I, I think... So I think Josh Allen does 
flash the hand usage. I think the biggest thing for him is that sometimes he looks like he doesn't really have a distinct plan when he goes to rush. Um, and I think that's okay. the biggest thing he needs to work on is actually having a clear idea of, right, if I, it, you know, because realistically, a lot of the time what happens with, with edge rushers um, is that you basically get two or three steps in and you either have no leverage advantage or you have an inside or an outside leverage advantage. Now, what I mean by that is either you've got a step outside the, the, the tackle or the tackle, in which case you've got an outside leverage advantage, you basically want to turn the edge and turn the corner. Yeah. Or or your speed has then forced the tackle to commit outside at the sacrifice of technique and actually they're probably then off balance and you can then work back inside. Um, so that that's that's generally that like or, or you've got them off balance and you can drive them back to the quarterback. Yeah. And I think quite often Josh Allen like and this is this is something that I think I'm going to talk about a bit when we get to, to Brian Burns as well is that he shows the ability to work back inside but he doesn't necessarily have the, the natural ability to immediately switch to that on the fly when he sees the tackle off balance that that he wins inside when he predetermines he's going to win in, inside um and actually you want to see someone who is much more uh, adaptable mid play to when he sees the tackle just completely commit outside to then break back inside and I think that's I don't think it's, it's that his hand usage is bad as well as it's ill-used, if that makes sense. That it's not him just running out the tackle with his arms flailing and getting just stuck. It's that he, he gets halfway through the play and then seems to realise that actually he's taken the wrong choice. Does that make sense? Uh, that does make sense. Um, would, would you not be worried that if it's not a technique issue and it's more a mental processing issue, that that's something that's not going to necessarily improve, um, especially as he needs to adjust to the NFL uh, in in the first place and he is like a a senior in college possibly but I, jo- like joke aside fa abada made that transition mid-season last year yeah, yeah. like if if you watch fa abada's first game against the bengals and you watch some of his later games you can see him he, he clearly has the speed to threaten around the edge and you can see him make the 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 the, the progress from from creating opportunities to actually beginning to capitalize them working back inside and so I, I, I don't. I think there is definitely a coaching element to it, and about uh, a bit about realizing n- not just what you can do, but how to use what you do to maximize it. And I think, don't get me wrong, Bosa is incredible at that. Bosa is very good at making the absolute most of every opportunity. He is he is able to capitalize on mistakes like no other pass rusher in this in this class. Yep. But Josh Allen is is has the potential to be able to induce mistakes in a way that Bosa doesn't, if that makes sense. And whilst he didn't do the best job of capitalising on it, I think that that I'm not saying it will come with coaching, but I from watching from watching FA Abada, I'm aware that it can come with coaching, and that it's not just a processing ability as much as it is as an understanding of 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 what you're meant to be reading and and knowing how how to read the tackle mid play. Yeah. Now a lot of our listeners. So, uh, go on. Yeah, no, 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 no. What were you saying? What were you saying? Uh, so, um, so a lot of the listeners are probably, uh, you know, very aware of Joe Bosa. Uh, have a good idea of what kind of player he is. Now, it might be a bit lazy to compare Nick to Joey, given that they're brothers. But I think their their games are fairly similar, but there are yeah. some differences. Um, so I was wondering what you thought, uh, how similar they were as players at the college level. Uh, what differences there are, so that our, our listeners can get a good picture of. Uh, how Nick Bosa plays. So I, I think the biggest difference is, is just I, th- I think they're very similar players. I just think Joey's Joey was better. And don't get me wrong, like I, I'm not saying Nick is a bad player and could be a good player, but 
Joey Bosa, when you I I actually went and did this not recently, but but when I was watching Nick Bosa originally, is I went and yep. watched all eighteen games of Nick and Joey, and Joey just won outside a lot more. And, and I'm not saying that Nick can't do that, and it might just be that wasn't what he chose to do, and and but he. Joey was able to create more of a consistent outside threat and then use that to create inside. Whereas a lot of the time it felt like Nick was capitalizing on mistakes rather than necessarily inducing loads of them. And, yeah. and at the college level, that's fine because people make a lot of mistakes. Um, but, but at the NFL level, you, you to be able to, you know, Joey Bota has had, you know, su- you know, consistent 10 plus sack seasons and to be able to have that level of sort of high level productivity you have to be able to induce mistakes against better offensive tackles yeah. uh, and I, I'm not convinced that Nick is quite although they have very very similar 40 times I think when you actually watch them on tape I think Joey is quicker than Nick is okay um, I... not by not by a mile just it's just a little bit better and it's the difference between being able to create an outside rush most of the time and being able to really threaten that against even the better tackles. Yeah. Like neither of them are speed rushers, like don't get me wrong, but, no, no. but, but, but there, I think the other thing with Nick is big. So a lot of this is you have to go on 2017 tape because he didn't play most of 2018. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, it, it did appear he was a bit better at this at 2018 and 2017, but there were a number of games in 2017 where he, he, he couldn't quite get outside. Um, if, if he didn't get outside in the first few steps with hand usage, he couldn't actually really... He, he wasn't very good at using his speed outside to, to set the tackle off and then work back inside, I think, if that makes sense. Yeah. So he he wasn't able to to use the outside speed as anything more than than the occasional ability to get outside. I'm not sure I'm explaining this hugely well, but it... it no, I, think, I think you are. Um I, I'm not sure if I totally agree. Um, not that I'm saying Nick's better at that than, than Joey was in terms of uh, uh, the outside rushing, um, but they they are fairly similar players. I think uh, I think uh, Joey Bosa was quite a bit better against the run. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that, played that, that, with better leverage. Um, was stronger at the the point of attack, um, and I know that like with 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 Joey, there was a lot of talk of uh, maybe his best position is three four defensive end. Whereas with Nick Bosa, I don't think you know many people will necessarily think that. No, I I think I remember I, you know, I can remember watching Joey reasonably well, and I think the thing with him was there was just there were there were almost no flaws with this game. There weren't you know it wasn't that he was amazing. At, you know, Miles Garrett was obviously you know sort of generationally talented. Yeah, and Joey wasn't in that category, but he was almost completely perfect technically. Yeah. Uh, there, there were there were no real technical concerns about Joey Bosa, and there are some with Nick. There aren't loads. He's a first round pick. It, this isn't sort of some massive knock on him, but he's not quite as flawless as as his older brother was. Yep, well, that's good. Um, should we move on to Brian Burns of yeah. Florida State? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's he's quite a different player from from Bosa and Allen. Yes, yeah, he, he's yeah, he, he he's so I, I'm sort of I'm starting I started writing the, the 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 profile for him. So he's one of the guys I'm gonna gonna write about. And you start sort of thinking about sort of player comps, and I'm really really struggling for a Brian <laughs> Burns player comp. Yeah. Um, so the the question mark that is worth raising early is that so he he measured in at the combine at about six five two fifty, and that's fine. But when you watch him on tape, he doesn't 
he was he he measured at the combine a lot heavier than he was listed at uh, at Florida State. Yeah. And on tape, he does at times look really really slight. Yeah. And that's not necessarily disastrous, and it's not necessarily something that can't be fixed either. Um, However, there are some issues associated with that, and how heavy you think he can actually play, and and whether you think he can hold that weight and play well, are are questions that that that, that are going to be asked. However, he is when he's got it right, he is probably the best pure pass rusher in this class. His his outside game is really really dangerous. And flashes the kind of inside moves that that Josh Allen doesn't quite yet. Um, he still, I think, has the same issue uh, as Allen in that he's not always the best at making those decisions on the fly. That quite often he wins inside in a predetermined way rather than in a reactive way, and that is yeah. something that I think he needs to work at. But his his combination of of hand usage, balance, speed, and bend are really really alluring. And he also has quite probably the best, maybe the best movement skills in space of anyone in this class. If you actually want to drop him back into coverage. Yeah. Um, yeah. He moves really, really well in space uh, and, and covers a really, really surprising amount of ground. Um, the, the concerns are that as a long, light guy, when he doesn't get his pad level right as a run defender, he just starts going backwards like there's no tomorrow. Um and there are some times, even as a pass rusher, where he looks either hesitant of initiating contact, and when he does initiate contact, he kind of bounces off the tackle a bit. Yeah. So he, you know, he has no power rush game whatsoever at the moment. No. And and sometimes when when tackles look to bump him early, he, they can bump him really quite wide and almost, you know, ruin his entire play. Uh, he struggled also with chips and that kind of stuff. That that he 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 forced a lot of double teams because he is, don't get me wrong, a very good pass rusher. But as soon as he got double teamed, that was kind of him done for the play. Yeah. Um, he he didn't fight through contact well at all. Um, and he does he he he, he there are going to be concerns about his ability to you know handle the load phys- physically um, at the NFL level. But his the things he does well, he is as good at as anyone in this class. Yeah, I think the the combination of him being able to win outside with a speed rush and counter inside with his quick hands because he's got quite a nice swim move yeah um, it's very alluring and um at least having like two moves down one outside and one inside um is something that you you want to look for his his lack of size is concerning in a run game and you know he's he's not going to develop a ball rush at the nfl level um, unless he bulks up uh maybe to the detriment of his movement skills um, so he is a very interesting prospect, um, and I, I, I do like the upside there because he he has some awareness of technique, um, and he has got the the natural uh, athletic gifts. Yes, yeah, no, his his ceiling is insanely high, um, particularly when you pair it with his movements. You know, from a schematic point of view, you can do loads of stuff with him. And although he's not the best at like he he actually sets the edge relatively well. And he penetrates quite nicely. He uses his hands well to, to get into gaps and penetrate as a run defender. But if you ask him to hold at the point of attack, he's just not going to. You know, yeah. he, he, can, he can hold in his gap, but his gap is going to move. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think he... If you were running a classical 4-3 team, um, I think you would have some real concerns about him as a run defender. But I think if you're using him primarily as a 3-4 outside linebacker where you can just get him to gap set, I think that's 
probably okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. My 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 biggest concerns is are actually more more about his pass rush because that is you know his his, his value is going to be set by how dominant he can be as a pass rusher. Um, and although he is yeah. very very good, possibly the best in this class, he needs to be better at how he uses the skills he has um, on a consistent basis. Um, and he also needs you need to be really confident that he can't just get basically um bumped off his his rush route um because you know tackles who are able to to get a hand like there were were a couple of times where he was bending the edge quite well but the tackle was able to just get one in one one hand on his waist and just push him wide Uh, and you need to be able to hold up more than that you need to be able to push back against attack you can't just be allowed allow yourself to be driven wide every time um but yeah, so I, I, his ceiling is incredibly high. Um, he's I th- probably a top 15, 20 pick in this class, um, if not if not top ten, um, just because his ceiling is so high. But there are there are probably more concerns than there are with the top two prospects by by some margin. Yeah. So so Burns is the last of your uh, first round graded yeah. head rushers. Um, how much of a gap is there between him and the person who's next on your board, uh, Chase Winovich? There's there's not a huge gap at all. Um, there's there's a very significant gap in styles and where the value lies. Uh, but but Winovich is a is a is a is a high second round pick and and Burns is a late first round pick. There's more of a gap between both sort of Burns than there is between Burns and Winovich certainly. Okay okay cool. Um so 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 why is Winovich uh close to Burns as a prospect? He's he's just really really good at everything. Um, he's yep. not super athletic. He's not going to really burn you outside. Um, and his hand usage inside is good. It's not sort of on the level of Bosa, but it is very good. But he's got a really nice bend. He's got actually a pretty well-developed bull rush. He's really good as a run defender. Um, he, you know, he hasn't got experience dropping into coverage, and that is something you might want to look at, really. But but uh, he's just incredibly well-rounded and safe. Um I don't think he's got the, the the sort of super high level ceiling uh, uh, of some guys, but uh, he's he's just incredibly well rounded. Um, there's very little to really criticise about his game, other than the the the, the sort of the somewhat uh, li- limiting efforts. Like he, don't me wrong, he's a good athlete. He's just not an elite athlete. Yeah. Um, and some slight uh, hand usage sort of could be a bit better at times as a run defender. Um, but yeah, he, he's he's incredibly safe as a prospect yep sometimes i think uh when the nfl evaluates edge rushers it tends to be like an athlete off like how how good of an athlete is this player yeah. and you know that's, that's how you get like vic beasley going really high um yeah etc um and while he's I've not on it. the same level of athlete as as josh allen uh or montez sweat or, or brian burns he is he's still a good athlete and yeah you know definitely at least average I think for an edge rusher at the at the NFL level. Yeah, no, he he's it, there's clearly a divide about how how highly you value value Winovich. Um, and there are some who who have him as a first round grade. I mean, I I tend to grade more harshly than most, so I just don't have many first round grades. Um, but he's definitely a top uh, twenty prospect in this class for me, probably. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's top, possibly even top fifteen prospect as, as a high second round pick. Um, and he's he's just incredibly well-rounded. There are almost no real criticisms of him other than the fact that he doesn't have this elite ceiling. Yeah, um, I, I was really impressed at 
his ability to shed blocks. So his ability to yes. disengage linemen. So yeah, I wouldn't say he has a go-to pass rushing move. Um, he hasn't got like a, a very quick kind of uh, swim move. And no, he hasn't necessarily nice. got the burst to, to win outside. But the, the number of times where he engages an offensive lineman and then just kind of uh, uh, sheds them to the side is really impressive. Yeah. And, and he pairs that well with a, a reasonably good bull, like a pretty oh, nice yeah, yeah. bull rush as well. Yeah. I, that, that's that's what sets a lot of it off is, off is he's able to, he has enough speed to get the offensive tackle going outside, square them up, get them yeah. a bit back on their haunches and, and then drive them up, get them off balance and then allow him to, to release um, as he sees fit. I mean, he, yeah. he's... Yeah, he, he's one of him and Bosa. I think are the safest edge rushers in this class. Uh, there's just that there's so like you know he doesn't have this distinct pass rushing move. Um, and it's, there are some there are you know his hand usage as a run defender could be better in terms of keeping blockers off him. Um, but but yeah, he, he's 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 a really well-rounded safe pick. I, I, I you know if if he's there in the second round for the Panthers, he would be an, an excellent pick. Yeah, um, and he's a guy I feel because of uh, the strength of a said Russia class is going to go uh, day two rather than day one. Um, yeah, I, I think it's... it's it, I would be surprised if he went some... I think it's probably in the 25 to 50 range. Um, and the question is... is it, it only takes one team to view him as a first-round pick and he goes in the first round. So I, I could see most teams having him quite high, but a couple of teams really liking him. There are a number of guys in that, this class who, who are like that, where it only takes one team to really like what they, what they see and, and they become a late first round pick. So oh, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he went in the 20s, but I think he's probably more likely to go in the 30s or the, the 40s. Yeah. Which does put him in the range of the Panthers. Uh, I mean, this, this is the thing with the Panthers is that if I, I, as much as I'm not a fan of trading up, I could see them moving up, you know, five or 10 picks in the second round just because just there are a number of guys who might fall to 47. But if they're sort of there at 40, you then start being quite keen in this class to, to move up those sort of extra few places to get them. Yeah. And uh, following Chase Winovich uh, on your big board is Anthony Nelson out yep. of Iowa. Uh, what yes. sort of player is he? So he's much more of a classic 4-3 uh, defensive end, possibly with the ability to move. You know, if you were the Panthers, say, he'd be someone that gives you some flexibility in terms of he can play outside the 4-3 and then move inside to 3-tech in the 3-4. Um, he's not an elite athlete, um, but he's a really quite sneakily good one, particularly his, <laughs> his, like his, his agility numbers are, are really good. Like, you know, really, really good. Um uh, and he he has like you know very long arms. He's six foot seven, two hundred and seventy pounds. He's got long arms. He plays with a generally good pad level and he uses hands well. He locates them. You know he's got a nice power rush. He's got a good ball rush, rip move inside and sort of a swim move outside. Um, he's not going to burst around the edge, but he ran pretty much identical forty to to Nick Bosa. He's got some you know some degree of an outside game. Um, and uses his sort of his length and his power quite well to create a power rush, and is a good run defender. Um, the only thing yep. is, is that six foot seven, when he does get his pad level wrong, it tends to go pretty badly. But he, yep. it's generally quite good. But that you know, he, he his length does work against him at times, um, which is something you see from a lot of longer defensive ends. Um, but I, I, again, he probably doesn't have a super super high ceiling, similar to Winovich, but he's got a really nice well rounded game. Uh, he uses his hands very well, uh, particularly as a run blocker, actually, and then sets off that. I mean, he's probably 
it's obviously like an odd thing to say, but he's probably the best pass rusher off play action in this draft class. His ability to set yeah. the run and then work off with power moves is really nice. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's probably lower rated by by many because he, he you know despite the fact that he's actually sneakily quite athletic, he doesn't put up big flashy sort of uh, combine numbers um, unless you really like three cone drills. Um, uh, and yeah, no, he, he's I I I think he's just a a quietly very well rounded, pretty safe player. Yeah. Um, when watching him, I wasn't necessarily blown away. I was more like, oh, this is a good player. And then when I started to think about everything that he can do, um, it's it's hard to make an argument in my eyes that he isn't like a top five, top six edge rusher in this class. Yeah, no, he, he's, he is, he is going to make someone very happy towards the end of day two. Yeah. Um, and it could be the Panthers, but who knows? Hopefully. Yeah, you know, I mean, so particularly for a team looking to go to a 3-4 and without... He, like he he could legitimately line up at three tech in a three four defense, and then move outside in in a in a four three. He's in terms of players the Panthers have had recently. He's much sort of he he'd be he a better version of Wes Horton type thing. Yeah. Um. And, and yeah, no. Particularly if you've got smaller guys like uh, Mario, you know, Maradison sort of got a bit bulkier. But if you've got Bruce Irvin, um, and he, he, even if the Panthers went for sort of like a, a, a say they went for a, a Brian Burns in the first round you could then double down with Nelson in the third say and you'd have a really nice complementary pair of guys who can who can give you very different things but in combination give you pretty much anything you could want in an edge rusher yeah yeah no he, he's I, I I just he's just got a very nice game he's he's the kind of player that in, a, in a, if, if if this edge class wasn't so ridiculously strong he'd probably be getting first round buzz but because it's so ridiculously strong he's he's a you know early mid round pick yeah uh, yeah i watched both him and chase winovich in in fairly quick succession and after watching those two i was like this this edge class must be amazing this must be <laughs> obscene yeah I mean, and that's it, not necessarily it, it, the case but it is very good partly yeah. down to those two players mm. yeah the panthers could potentially you know it, they could they could not go there's another guy i'm gonna talk about in a second as well but that, that they could not go edge rusher in the top two rounds address sort of offensive line and safety say and legitimately get starting caliber de- multiple starting caliber defensive ends in the third round the, yeah. the depth of this class is is, is really remarkable yeah um and so following up after anthony nelson is deandre walker yeah, out yeah. of georgia um someone that didn't yeah. play much his first three years but in his senior year actually uh was a starter and yeah. he looks like a good player uh, for, yeah for my eyes he's he, he, so he's a bit he's a bit hard to, to analyze in that georgia kind of moved him around a lot yeah. like he wasn't it wasn't you know a lot of these guys their job was basically line up at edge rusher 35 40 times a game and just get at the quarterback and but he, you know he was dropped into coverage at times he was used more as sort of a he was used a lot as on run plays he was moved inside at times as well as a 250 pound linebacker effectively yeah. you know he, he he was moved all over the place um as a result, you know, sometimes he had his hand on the ground, sometimes he stood up, all, all kinds of things. Sort of that Leonard Floyd-type yeah. role they've used in the past. Um, it did have some impact in terms of his technique in that he 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 showed nice technique at times, but because he was asked to do constantly different things, there were some real inconsistencies in that sometimes they'd yeah. be good and sometimes they'd be bad. And, it, you know, he's a guy that looks like he could benefit from just being asked to do one thing on a more consistent basis. Yeah. Um, but he's got a really good pad level as a like for a 250 pound defensive end. His run defense is 
really, really good. Uh, he uses his arms really well as a run defender with good pad level. Um, he, he, he's he got a good outside game, if not, a, you know, it's not amazing, but it's a good outside pass rush. He flashes some moves inside, uses his hands quite well, um, plays with good bend. Uh, you know, he's not... That there's enough things you have to work on that he's he's not in the the elite pass rusher you know edge rusher category but he's he does a lot of nice things and with a year of you know actually being able to focus mm. on being an edge rusher he could be a really good player in uh, you know but you know, certainly by you know, could, could, a guy who could make real progress throughout his rookie season if that makes sense yeah um he yeah i think he was inconsistent as you mentioned uh and partly that might be because he was asked to do lots of things um, but he, he flashed uh, quite a few different techniques and kind of flashed them well. Um, like a rip move, he was pretty good at that. Uh, swim move yeah. as well. Uh, he, was, he was quite good at getting uh, his uh, arm on the inside to kind of back, uh, driving the offensive lineman down kind of high yeah. up into their chest. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's surprising to see a 250-pound guy have a pretty effective bull rush, but he, he legitimately yeah. does have a pretty effective bull rush at 250 pounds. Yep. Yeah. Um, and while he didn't put everything together um, in his college career, there's enough there to, to to kind of pique your interest. Yes, yeah, there is. That it, it's it. Yes, he he's got a lot of very nice tools that that you you would hope to put together into a more complete game. Yep. Um, it'll be nice to. I mean, he he didn't manage to do any testing at Georgia's pro day or at the combine. Uh, I forget what injury he had. Um, and if I had some of that data. I, I might be a bit more confident about putting him this high, but um, I, yeah. I, I can't make any arguments about his game, really. I think he, he is a solid player and one that could, uh, if a team takes a risk and takes him in the, in the second round, it could really pay off. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's, he's kind of in that category where if the Panthers took him at 47, you'd think it was a bit of a reach. But if you got him at 77, you'd think it was a complete steal. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. He's kind of, he, he's, he does a lot of nice things well, but there is definitely some risk that would make you a little bit averse right at the top of the um, the, the second round, say. But, but you yeah, know, he, 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 again, there are just so many tools he shows that, that, that the allure of putting them together is, is, is certainly there. Yeah. Uh, so you talked about risk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to Yache Poli out of Florida. Yeah. Because uh, that is a risky player. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and for multiple reasons. It's not like, don't get me wrong, his combine was. I saw an article saying that he possibly had the worst combine of all time. And it's it's quite hard to argue with that. Like, he's, he's definitely taken what was pretty, pretty solid first round stock, like two yeah. months ago, and just completely blown that to shreds. And yeah. he's now fighting to go on day two um with that said his tape that that his tape there is definitely you know there are concerns on tape as well but his yeah, ability yeah. to just pin his ears back and get at the quarterback is really good like yeah. he, you know he, he he is a he is an abject liability of a run defender but his pass rush is is good you, you, I think the other thing is is that one of the big concerns with him at the combine was was when he talked about his interviews and said that he didn't really watch tape and yeah 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 he does kind of look like a guy who doesn't really watch tape. Um, so he kind of, he he gets by a lot on talent without necessarily putting it to great use um, and could benefit from some more discipline in his pass rush and a clear plan on sort of a down-by-down basis of how he's going to get pressure. Yeah. But his speed, bend, and hand usage just get the job done a lot of the time. Um, 
yeah, no, he, he's he, he's as a pure pass rusher, one of the best in the class. But then you do have the fact that he's like people talk about him as maybe a three four outside linebacker, and I think he could kind of do that. But he's he's you know basically the same size as Nick Bosa. Like he is not built like a three four outside line line. Like he he isn't. He is a four-three defensive end, really. Yeah. He just is a really bad run defender as a four-three defensive end, um, and it's and it's not just one thing. I mean, I think there there are potentially questions about his effort as a run defender, but his pad level's poor. He doesn't use his hands very well, and he struggles for actual functional power. Um, yeah, so, so he, he is he is certainly a, a divisive figure, but the what he does well is is certainly very good. Yeah. Um... It'll be. I think if uh, if the Panthers were to take him, I think uh, every Panthers fan should be slightly excited about it, but also slightly nervous. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think, I, I think a, a, as a fan, that's normally what you want to see from your team, rather than kind of really go for a, a very solid but mediocre player, especially yeah, when it I, gets to like round three, where you know most of the time you're looking for name recognition as a fan. Yeah, I, I think certainly once you get to the third round, he then starts to make a lot of sense. I think I, I do have a, a late second round grade on him. Um, yep. Not not and and that is not taking into account any of these sort of off field concerns, like yep. well, not off field concerns, but you know, you know, work ethic concerns. That's just as a as a, as a pure on field prospect. I think he's a late second rounder. Um, but in this class, even when you take into account the sort of work ethic, unless you interview him and you just have him as an undraftable prospect and you know, don't worry that teams do definitely have those kind of guys. Um, but unless he's like that for you, if you think he's someone you can work with, I think once you get to the third round, if he's still there at 77 and you haven't taken an edge rusher, he's then very, very much in play. Um, yeah. I, 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 there, there are definitely concerns, but, but there are, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, it's the same with, same with Brian Burns, just not as good in a way. In that, if, if if the Panthers took Brian Burns at sixteen, you should be really excited about what he can do, and and concerned about the the potentially significant issues that might come with it. And and Polite's the same, just yep. not as good. Yep. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's as good in space as, as Brian Burns, which is why I wouldn't really think it makes sense to put him as a free four outside linebacker. Yeah, <laughs> like he's, he's got good flexibility and he is he's got good burst. Um, but the kind of change of direction skills, I'm not sure he's quite got that. No, and he doesn't. He doesn't. He's. I mean, he's six two two sixty ish ish, and he's he you know, like he ran really quite poorly at the forty, both the combine and the pro day. And there are there are some mitigating factors there, but he's not. Um, he's more quick twitch than he is necessarily just flat out fast. Yeah. Um, and and. As a pass rusher, that's fine. He gets it done. There's no concern in that regard. But as a, if you want to drop him into space, he doesn't really have the 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 build or, or to, to to cover loads of ground in the way that Brian Burns is able to seem to take up this. You know, Brian Burns can move over a fairly large area of space pretty quickly. Uh, Polite isn't just isn't that kind of player. Yep. Uh, yeah, Polite's more in sort of the Mario like early career Mario Addison type build, just yeah. without the sort of the elite speed. Yeah, no, a polite polite's a good player. Yeah. Right. Shall we take a a bit of a break because this is this is again as with last week uh, a, a longer podcast. So we are going to yep. take a quick break quickly, and we'll be back in a few seconds. What's up, guys? Den here from the Keep Pound Den podcast here on the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Join us this week as Sports Illustrated's Connor Orr joins us to explain his pick of DK Metcalf to the Panthers. 
He also explains why he thinks the Panthers have the third best running back situation in the NFL. We also talk about stadium upgrades, preseason schedule, and a C-plus grade given to the Panthers this offseason. Join us here on the Keep Pound End podcast this week. Okay, we are back. It's the Great British Drafting Show. We are taking a look at edge rushers this week. And Mm -hmm. I think the fact that we've had to split this episode into two parts really speaks volumes about the depth of this edge rushing class. Yeah. And And we've only looked at the first two rounds of prospects. Yeah. Um, And now we're really going into the kind of uh, meat and potatoes uh, of this edge rushing class. Uh, The potential late round, mid round gems um, that are out there. Um, And also some players that you're not as high on as the general draft consensus. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there. Should, should we should we start with Christian Miller? Um, yeah, let's start with Christian Miller. Yeah, because he's he's so he's someone who who has been linked with the Panthers. I think he worked out for them, um, and definitely fits the mold of this sort of the more three four outside linebacker type player. Yeah. Um, he he's got a really nice outside rush game and and sort of flashes little bits inside, but but you know is someone who who needs to develop more of an inside rush game um, to to pair with his speed rush. Um, but but he's he's a very nice you know he bends well he's got good quickness uses his hands quite well to get outside he's an okay run defender but could be better um, I think he's he's again in that category of players who who if the Panthers took at forty seven you'd think it was a bit of a reach particularly in this class but if they're at seventy seven are are really good value yeah um, yeah he he's he's probably he is a bit undersized to play to play the edge in in a 4-3 um yeah. at least on rushing downs but uh I, I, you know as a stand up uh, edge rusher off the end uh he he's he's really pretty good um has one of the highest ceilings of the players we're going to talk about um sort of uh, as, as sort of not top tier prospects yeah. um but probably has a bit more work to do um more in the developmental mode uh, than some of the more polished guys we talked about above. Yeah, um, I think he's a, a decent guy, and I agree with um, second round being a bit too high for him. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it, it's just it, that there are enough concerns that that, that that you'd probably be a bit hesitant about him making necessarily making significant improvement. Yeah. Um, yeah, his his run game isn't great. I think a lot of it might stem from the fact that he's not that big. You know, he's he's sort of on the light side for uh, an edge guy. Yeah. Uh, he, the rest of the game is is fairly well rounded. Um, perhaps uh, it'll be interesting to to see if he if he played more snaps at Alabama because they rotate so much. Uh, whether he would have been as uh, successful in, in in the pass rushing game. Um, yeah, that, that, that's something I, mean... I have thought about before as well. How much certain yeah. players who don't play that many snaps might be a bit better at pass rushing because they're not as tired. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would say is the Panthers do rotate a lot as well. Um, yeah. So that's not, you know, it, it's not something that's necessarily going to cause him to drop off as much as it could raise some other guys up who, who might be asked to put a heavier work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the, yeah. but but the Panthers rotate a lot, um, particularly on the defensive line. And I can't really see that changing. Um, so so I, 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 I'm not, you know, he certainly was was generally put in situations to succeed and and wasn't really pushed as a, as a run defender for a lot of the time because he had incredibly talented teammates helping him out a lot of the time. Yep. Um. But but yeah, as a as a pure speed rusher, he's 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 very good. Um. And just needs to build more of a game around that, really. Yep. Yeah. 
No, he, he's a, a a good but not great prospect. I think is the best way of putting it. Yeah. Now the the next two guys um, are both projected to go in the first round and and might yes. go quite high in the first round. Um, yeah, one of them in particular. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Colin Farrell and uh, the combine darling Montez Sweat. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it, the, the, they might be in play for the Panthers uh, with their first round pick, but yeah. you don't think that's the the right thing to do? I'm guessing, given where they are on this big board. No, I I, I think that do me wrong. They're both good prospects. I I just don't think either of them are elite prospects, and in a class that's this deep, um, they kind of get lost in the mix. Sort of really that you know that they're, they're yep. not. They're not in the top tier of edge rushers in this class, and I think given how deep this class is, I think taking either of them at sixteen, uh, if they fell that far, even would 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 be a reach. Um, I think Ferrell is they're very very different players. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Ferrell yeah, yeah. is technically pretty good. Um, he does a good job of capitalizing on mistakes. Uh, he yep. uses his hands well. Yep. He his biggest issue is that he doesn't bend very well at all. And so yeah. even though he's actually got a pretty good burst. He, he you know he really struggles winning outside um because he just he just can't bend back to the quarterback he's really stiff in his hips um and and also doesn't really have much of a a, a bull rush game to then go with that so he's not he he isn't able to use speed for the sake of speed and then it also isn't able to use that speed in terms of creating power you know sort of a, a power rush inside yeah so he relies a lot on on using his hands and 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 facing up against uh, uh blockers um, and it, it's it's hard to he you know, he will probably be a good player he he's got a pretty high floor he will he will almost certainly add value to a team straight away but it's hard to have a you know to invest a really high pick on someone whose whose game is primarily built about built on capitalizing off mistakes um, and and as and also isn't amazing as a run defender though he's not terrible in that regard he just needs to to, to work on his hand usage yeah um yeah he, he's a safe pick i just uh i in a class that's as good as this one is a edge rusher taking him over someone like chase winovich for example is something i really can't understand yeah um, I'm, I'm definitely with you there um his inability to to win outside sort of limits his ceiling somewhat i, I was very impressed with his hand usage in the in the past game yeah, no, it it is it is good. It's it's just it's the same thing with Bosa, just in a much more severe degree. Where if you yeah. can't if you can't win outside, NFL tackles spend far more time prepping for you than college tackles do, and generally have far more talent. And they are, you know, if if they see that you can't do that, they will just challenge you. They will take you. Know, they will line up inside and they will challenge you to beat them outside. Yeah. Um, and I, I I don't think against better NFL tackles, he's going to be able to do that. Yep. Yeah. Then again, there are some really bad NFL tackles out there. Yeah, there are. There are. <laughs> so you know, you no. Know, it, but it, it's kind of it's then. Are you adding loads of value? You know, if if you're just beating up against bad tackles, yeah. Um, you're not. It's quite hard to be really enthusiastic for you know as a key part of a, of a, of a defense if if that's basically what your game is built up on. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think he's 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 a borderline starter in the NFL. Um, and certainly would be very good as a rotation piece, but I'm not sure that's what you spend a, a top 50 pick on. Yep. Now, uh, uh, what's up with the uh, the Montez Sweat hate? So I don't. So I don't hate Sweat, and I okay. definitely see where the ceiling is. It's just that at the moment his pass rush is all a speed rush, 
and that his speed rush is limited by the fact that his bend whilst not terrible isn't amazing either yeah. um and there's definitely you know, there's definitely potential to work on actually he's a pretty good run defender um apart from his pad level being a bit iffy yeah um but there's there's a lot more potential than there is actual immediate value um and you're going to be a bit hesitant about a guy who's if if he didn't if he didn't have some amazing forty time probably would be a lot lower regarded um, and that's 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 got to be a concern. Yeah. Also the fact that he is really quite slight as well. You know he's similar kind of size to Brian Burns um, and without although he's his forty times really fast he doesn't actually and he's definitely quick on tape don't get me wrong but yeah. he's not, Burns although he ran slower. It looks a lot faster on tape, um, I and and has a much better bend. And you know, if yep. it was just, you know, for a guy from Montez Sweat's game is largely as a pass rusher built upon his speed rush, and he's not really one of the top two or three part speed rushers in this class, and that is a concern. And someone like Christian Miller, who isn't as quick but bends better. And uses his hands more effectively is actually probably more effective as an outside rusher right now. Yep. Even if sweat speed possibly gives him a, a, a higher ceiling in that regard. Um, and it, it's the potential is there. There's just quite a lot of work that needs doing, and it's really hard to be very enthusiastic about those kind of prospects when there is a long, long history of high athletic pass rushing busts. Yeah, like like the guy you mentioned earlier was actually the sort of I think the the ideal comp for for Sweat it is Vic Beasley, who was drafted in the top ten, had one massively productive season which was largely anomalous, but otherwise has been like a four or five sack guy through his first four seasons. Yeah, that 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 through four seasons over half his sack production came in the one season where he didn't start as many games um, as the other three, and it, it, it's that I can see Sweat having one or two years where he's really, really productive, where everything just kind of works his way. But I don't... I, there's a lot of work that needs to go in for him to be a consistently productive pass rusher at the NFL level. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that assessment of, of Sweat. Um, he has quite a weird frame. He's got, like, really long legs. Uh, he's yeah. quite a lanky person. And but yeah, he, he, no, he's, 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 he's like it's crazy to see someone sort of that lanky be so athletic because you do see he, it on tape. It's not like the yeah no 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 he, he's, you know, the, he's definitely the testing is anomalous yeah. Um, yeah and he's got he's got absolute ropes for arms as well like really really long arms and he he does flash good usage uh, with his hands just because he's he's got insanely long arms um, and, and most of the time when he's running at someone the offensive lineman is off balance just because of the speed yeah I, he just needs to actually. And and it's one of those things where, and, and and you know, whenever someone's value is more ceiling based than floor based, you then have to put a lot of emphasis into workouts and interviews because yeah. if his value is really tied to his potential to develop, and it's really hard from the outside to be particularly enthusiastic about his versus someone else, say. Yeah. Um. So why should I think he should develop when I don't think you know that say I don't know someone will talk about in a minute say justin holland say it is gonna you know, I, I i'm not you you can't assume one guy is going to develop just because his numbers are slightly better athletically compared to another guy who isn't quite the same athlete but is similarly technically limited yeah um and and it, yeah it, it's the potential is there 
but those kind of guys, like people talking about him as a top 10 pick, I think that would be, you're drafting him entirely based on a player you hope he can become, and the track record of doing that in the NFL is not good. Yep. Like, relying on guys to make significant technical developments once they enter the NFL, unless they have sort of, uh, you know, particularly coming out of a relatively big school. Like, if he'd come out of a small school, you might be a bit more kind of, a bit more optimistic about him making sudden progress, but um, it's hard to see externally why he's suddenly going to get a lot better with NFL coaching. Yep. And I, I, I don't tend to take experience that much into account with Ed Rushers, but he is a senior. You know, he isn't yeah. some kind of baby faced. Yeah, uh, guy. He'll be, you... be twenty-three to start the season, I think. Yeah, and like again, it's really hard to make these kind of assessments from outside, and you end up sort of pointing your finger at sort of general identifiers. But as an older college prospect coming from a bigger school, you're then less confident about them making certain technical developments. Yeah, that's a that's a very good way of putting it. Um, but he is a freak. It's, yes, it, he's he's just a, a freak of nature. I don't know. Although, um, Though I would point out, agility numbers aren't as good as Anthony Nelson's, who is an inch taller and twenty and thirty pounds heavier. Yeah, but they they've both got like the best agility numbers in this I know, class. I know, I know, I know. but it's yeah. it's just it, it. I just find the NFL confusing at times. Whilst we're talking about Montez Sweat as some you know generational athletic talent, and Anthony Nelson, who put up numbers that have only ever been seen by JJ Watt from someone of his size, is just a mid round pick because he's not flashy. I just, I just like I'm not saying that that makes him a better player or anything like that. It's just I just find the NFL's fascination with athletic testing and the inconsistency with which it's fascinated with athletic testing oh, yeah, to be yeah. really, really confusing. Yeah, it's um, back to the whole sort of quarterbacks like big arms. That yes, the NFL likes big arm quarterbacks, but it seems to like only some big arm quarterbacks and just doesn't. There seems to be this real inconsistency with with whom they seem to judge as as you know generationally talented in that regard. Yeah, I think they they overvalue the forty time a bit. Um, I think the forty time is still very important, but um, kind of if you're an edge rusher and you're on a freakishly good time, I don't care if it's four 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 five or four six necessarily. Um, no, particularly if give it's me that, four six. Yeah, just, you know, give me something like that and give me uh, a, a really good free cone time. Yeah, no, no I, I I I agree. I, I think the it's one of those things where the NFL, like the combine has clearly grown massively in importance in the NFL in the last 10 years, yeah, 10, yeah. 15 years, just, just it's, it's more publicized and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, it still seems like something they're trying to work out how to make the, to, it still seems like they're trying to work out how to really interpret the data yeah. on a consistent basis. Um, I mean, I, I don't have the solution either. I should point out, but, but it, yeah. it it's, it, it is always interesting when someone suddenly jumps up draft boards because they run some freakishly fast 40, how consistently those players actually work out um but yeah you know, we'll see with sweat and don't get me wrong his ceiling is definitely high it's just the the confidence i have that he's going to get there is 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 no different than it would be of any other developmental prospect and that that's going to drag him down okay now the the guy next on your board um zach allen is he the polar opposite to montez sweat yes yes he is he is athletically limited but technically very well rounded um so i I, so he so we talked about this bit before but the the guy he reminds me of is duke edgefor who came out of wake forest last year um and edgefor had had injury concerns which kind of dropped him a fair amount um but 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 zach allen's got really nice hand usage but does also as edgefor had has has a tendency to play very upright um 
and that's fine as a pass rusher. He faces off quite nicely, uh, and 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 effectively, you know, rushes one on one a lot. Um, but he isn't going to be winning outside very often. Um, no. Doesn't bend particularly well. Uh, hasn't got great quickness. Has enough quickness to make the most of his hand usage, but not bend the edge type quickness. Um, he's. I think the the biggest concern I have with him is actually his run defense because as a six foot four, two hundred and eighty pound, eighty five pound defensive end, you're 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 definitely not going to be playing as a three four outside linebacker, and teams are possibly going to see you actually more as a as a, a three tech at times. Yeah, uh, and his pad level is a bit concerning in that regard. In yeah. that I think if you played him as a three tech. His pad level would would create some real issues as a run defender, um, and then the issue becomes how much can you get as a guy who is all, you know, in some regards kind of a specialist pass rusher who doesn't have a great speed move. How you get him on the field at times, I think, is 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 interesting. But he definitely does he does some nice things. You know, his hand usage is is really good. He's got a good inside move, and his quickness is actually not terrible. Um, it's just he's not going to be winning outside and. Um, when you combine that with with questionable run defense, um, it, it's hard to be hyper enthusiastic about him. But I, yeah, yep. I've still got a third round grade in him. I just, I in a class that's this deep, it's hard, you know, it's hard to sort of be really enthusiastic about him. But he's he's similar to to to, to Anthony Nelson in that he, his value to play both three tech and four three defensive end does does give him some real value for the Panthers in particular if yep. you can fix his pad level. Yeah, he's he's a bit more of a free tech than um, than Anthony Nelson, um, yes. and, and and more so than Ejiofor was. So there's some yeah, definitely, definitely there. so yeah yeah yeah. Um, Ejiofor is just um, reminiscent in the way he uses his hands and the fact he plays quite upright. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, I think those are good points. How does he how does he compare to uh, Michael Bennett stylistically? Um, I'm not sure. I've watched enough of Bennett to be really really confident in what I say. Um, I don't think he's quite as quick. Yep. Um, I don't think he, don't get me wrong. He's actually for a 280 pound man. He's actually relatively quick. Um, and he is technically hand usage wise quite good. You, you, I think, I think the run defense is, is the biggest concern for me. Um, particularly the pad level. Um, and, and it's, it, it's more in terms of how, how, do, how do you find him a role? And, and some teams will have a very clear idea of how they want to use him to maximize his value. Yeah. Um, but that he he's someone who whose value will depend quite a lot on usage. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. The reason I, I uh, asked about the Michael Bennett comparison is because I think Zach Callen is someone who could potentially uh, play as a four-three end on kind of first and second down, and then on third down, uh, kick inside. Um, yeah, I- like on third and long. Yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely do see that argument. I, I, uh, I, I think my only concern with that would be that I'm not sure he's he's good enough as a run defender to to be to see him as a plus player in that regard. In okay. in that I don't I don't see he's going to give you way more as as a as a run defender than keeping someone like DeAndre like DeAndre Walker is a better run defender. Like even though he's thirty pounds lighter. I'm not gonna go or Mario Addison say if I'm the Panthers, I'm I wouldn't take Mario Addison off the foot off the field to put Zach Allen in as a specialist run defender. Yeah. Um where whereas say someone like Wes Horton for you know, whilst didn't have an amazing pass rush, he was legitimately a good run defender. 
Um, and so putting him in on early downs, he did enough as a pass rusher that you could keep that he was he had value as a specialist run defender. And Brian Cox for the Panthers kind of has that as well, potentially that that kind of, you know, he's there to be a run defender and he gives you some pass rush as a bonus. Whereas I think Zach Allen is more of a a, a specialist pass rusher who, who who can kind of defend the run if you have to if he has to. Um, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm not as skeptical about uh, his ability to play a run as you are. I think he's, um, I think he's a pretty good run defender. Leverage is the main issue. He can also lose sight of the ball uh, fairly often. Um, but I think his his hand usage is something that is consistent both in the in the run and pass game. I think it's, um, I think it's good at penetrating, and that's why I think that potentially playing the three tech might make sense. I think yeah. he was actually asked to stack and shed and set the edge. He sometimes got swallowed a little bit, and I think some of that is just pad level because he rises up, it then changes the angle at which your arms strike and yeah. stuff. Um, but I don't. I think he was better at penetrating than he was necessarily at setting the edge. Okay, that's a that's an interesting point and something. Uh, when I watch him again, I'll try and uh, look out for. Yeah, no. I, I, again, he doesn't. He does do some nice things as a run defender. The biggest issue is his, is his pad level. Um, yeah. But the issue is if you're playing it, playing inside, that then becomes more of an issue because because then you're no longer if you're setting the edge, you can kind of be a bit high as long as you're in the right gap. Um, whereas if you're actually asked to play at the point of attack inside, you you kind of have to not be going backwards. Yeah. You, you know, being in your gap and having good leverage isn't really very valuable if you're five yards back downfield. Um, and that that's the kind of issue that leverage will create potentially. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But you know, but Dim wrong. He's a nice player. I do like him. I'm just, I, 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 I'm not super, super high on him. Okay. So, uh, Zach Allen is the last of your, uh, third round graded guys. Yep. Uh, the first for the fourth round graded guys is Justin Hollins out of yep. Oregon. Um, and, and quite a lot of people might not be fully aware of uh, who he is or what sort of player he is. Um, so please inform them. Um, so he's definitely in the sort of three, four outside linebacker mold. He's, I think, like 6'5", 245, something like that. So he's, he's on the lighter side. Um, but he's got a nice speed rush. Um, you know, he's got decent, pretty good bursts, bends reasonably well. Um, actually uses his hands quite well as a run defender. And and also is one of the guys who actually did show some relatively nice movement skills in terms of dropping into coverage. Um, however, he he's definitely a developmental prospect. Um, you know, he's not someone who's going to be a massive impact day one. He's just someone who who who, who does enough nice things that it, you know, particularly if you're sitting against the fourth round, say, and you're looking for a for a sort of a three four outside linebacker developmental type guy. I think he's he's got enough athleticism, enough athleticism that you're you'd be enthusiastic about his ceiling. Um, yep. and, and and also um, his technique is kind of it, he flashed a little bit and and also was because he was dropped into coverage a reasonable amount he wasn't kind of just you know he 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 could do with more focus as being sort of a more specialist pass rusher like pass rusher was not sort of the the, the core of his game at Oregon no and I think could could benefit from some more focus on that and some more technical work yep. so he so he's the kind of guy that you think has you know he's not an elite athlete but but kind of um is a good athlete and 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 there's some reason to to, to be optimistic about his ability to improve with time yeah um i i i think his his upside might be limited by the the lack of power in his game yeah no that, um, that, is, that is a concern i think his his technique is quite good he's he's got very active hands very quick hands um 
both in the run and pass game, but he he can get swallowed up in the run game. Um, yes. um and I, he he doesn't quite have the kind of burst and flexibility to to beat people outside. He's more of a good movement skills in terms of he can you know do well in coverage and do well in space, um, but not quite pin his ear, ears back and uh, no no he, really he, beat someone outside. He he's he he's probably more on the. So I think I think he can win. I think he can win outside. I just don't think he's an no. He's not a elite speed. You know, he's not a real burst around the edge kind of guy. Yeah. Um, I think he's probably suited to a skip. If if you've got a scheme that asks guys to drop out of you know if if you if you effectively play a three four with like a strong and a weak where you ask the weak to rush at times but not all the time. If you like to drop your edge rushers more than average, I think he's kind of a nice fit there. Yeah. Um, there might be some teams that see him as as a, as a like a four three outside linebacker, but he's really tall for that. He doesn't yeah. have the sort of the quickness, sort of like the, the the lateral agility that you'd ideally want. So so yeah, he, he's he's probably quite scheme dependent. Um, but there are schemes that 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 do ask players to do what he's good at. Um, and given that we don't really know what what flavor of four three the Panthers are going to run, he could potentially be a nice development fit for them. Yeah. So that's just not clear at this point. Having not seen what the defense is going to look like, you don't know whether that's a role they need. But when they're talking about guys like Jermaine Carter and, and Andre Smith potentially playing some three four outside linebacker, he's definitely more in that kind of three four outside linebacker mold than the sort of specialist rush guy. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think he could be a, a good pickup in the mid to late rounds, because uh, I don't imagine it would be particularly expensive in terms of uh, draft cost. Not in this class, no. No, yeah. no, he, no he, he, again, he's definitely on the developmental side. He's not a, he's the kind of guy you, you draft in the mid rounds, you, you stash for a year, um, and, and you see what you've got in a year's time, um, yeah. and trust that, that there's enough upside to make it worth a, a mid round pick. Yeah. No, I think he's he, unless he for the Panthers he probably only makes sense if if you've already addressed edge rusher and you're then looking at it just in terms of a, a best player available type thing on the final day. Yeah. Okay, but so yeah. Uh, coming up after him, uh, Kenny Willeeks out of Michigan State. Yeah, um, uh, he's sort of opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's just again he's a a. a a worse version of Chase Winovich in that he's pretty well rounded, um, doesn't have, isn't as good in any one regard. Um, you know, he's basically a little bit worse across the board, but he's very well rounded, um, has an okay pass rush and an okay run defender. Um, you know, it, we're now into very definitely the the um, high quality depth slash development sort of level of the draft. Yeah. And he, he's definitely in the high quality depth slash rotation piece. That he can be a, a a good number three or number four defensive end um, for a team, particularly I think he's a four three team in particular. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he could come in and be a, a rotational depth piece, um, yeah. and and contribute from day one, even if his ceiling isn't that great. Um, which it, in this class is going to make him a day three pick. Um, but but if if you've got established starters and just looking for some depth, he 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 makes some sense in sort of the the fourth or fifth round. Yep. No, he's a he's a solid player who uh, does enough things well 
as you say, he can uh, make an NFL roster and provide some depth. What, one, one thing I noticed is I don't think I ever saw him uh, kind of beat an offensive tackle without doing uh, an inside swim move. He can't really beat guys outside. He hasn't his, really got a ball his, rush. His bend isn't great. Yeah. But he's, he's a good, yeah, no, he, he he's a bit of a one-trick pony as yeah. a pass rusher, but he's, 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 a, he's a good run defender. Yeah. Um, he plays a good leverage. Yeah. He, he, he can sort of capitalize he, you know, he can capitalize on mistakes rather than induce them um and again that's not going to be worth a, a top 100 pick but it might be worth a top 150 pick yeah yeah no he, I, I don't think he's someone who makes sense for the panthers particularly but um he, he'll be a solid depth piece for somebody yeah yeah um and yeah we, we, we are getting to the stage of the the class now where um, it is pretty much depth, guys. And it's quite difficult to find high upside guys at this stage as well, because if you're an edge rusher who has got the athletic traits uh, necessary to be a star in the NFL, you're going to go in the first round, or maybe second round. Um, so yeah. now it's sort of kind of uh, fill out the yeah, roster. They're, they're, Don't embarrass they're, yourself. There are guys who have development potential. Um, they're just probably not the really top-end development potential. Or they have some technical issue which makes them a complete long shot to develop significantly. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Or they're just so, so raw that that you're not going to trust they're going to get much better or or that you're not going to trust they're going to get anywhere near their potential. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, guys, guys, because athleticism should allow you to win in college as well as in the NFL. Like if anything, it's easier to win just with sheer athleticism in college. If you weren't productive in college despite being athletic, it's then harder to be really confident about you suddenly yeah. developing uh, the, the technique to, to, to be to be good in, in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, should we talk about the next few guys uh, quickly? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, so Dalen Hayes, how does he fit on that spectrum of uh, later round edge rushers? So he's again more on the developmental side. Um, he, probably more as like a three-four outside linebacker than than a Despite his sort of size, he's probably more of an outside linebacker than he is a, a 4-3 defensive end. Yep. Uh, has quite a nice outside um, pass rush move, uh, but needs to work as a run defender significantly uh, yep. in terms of his pad level uh, and, uh, and and needs work as a pass rusher. So he need, he, you know, he, he, he needs to, to broaden his game as a pass rusher and not to be a liability as a run defender. But again, yep. again, realistically if the panthers are going to go edge rusher it's probably going to be earlier rather than later because they actually have pretty good depth they just don't have a clear sort of long-term plan at starter so that i, I don't think any of these guys i'm going to go through quite quickly but i don't think any of these guys are necessarily major fits for, for the panthers okay um so the guy you got next up max crosby is someone i'm quite high on um and i think he yeah. he, he he shows enough sort of upside and uh, kind of core technical ability um, that I think he's he's probably worth something like a, a third round pick. Yeah, so he, he tested really really well, um, mm. and he does do some nice things on tape. It's just they're they're quite infrequent, um, and it's not totally clear that um, he, he 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 does. 
he does some high level things quite well without yeah. necessarily having mastered the core core like basics of, of being an edge defender okay. um in the he could like he actually shows some quite nice pass rushing moves but doesn't do sort of the basic keeping a defender off in that well all the time and as mm-hmm. a run defender does, does does some nice penetration things but when you ask him, just, him to just set the edge and put his hands in the right place he doesn't do that with great consistency um he's also quite slight uh, yep. and his pad level isn't very good yeah um again don't get me wrong, there's definitely development potential there. And given that he's come out of Eastern Michigan, there there is some some kind of confidence um in him maybe developing faster than some bigger school guys. Um but it, you you watch a, a few plays and you sort of you, you see surprisingly high level technique and then you don't see basic level technique a couple of plays later. Yeah. Um and I think the he, he's a guy who could definitely benefit from from sitting for a year. Um and you then have to to have a real think about about what what his development curve looks like, if that makes sense. Yep. But yes, no, there's definitely he he's one of the more intriguing sort of developmental guys in the middle rounds um, because he definitely yeah. does you know he he flashes the potential to be a lot better than he currently is. It's just that at the moment, I think if you put him on the field, he would be an abject liability some of the time. Yeah, I think that's why I'm sort of excited by him. Because, let's say for Kenny Wheelix, you sort of know what you're getting. Uh, yeah. Whereas yeah. Max Crosby is sort of... Well, he tested really well. Maybe maybe he is a pretty good athlete. Um, he does, you know, show quite a few uh, different pass rushing moves. Maybe you could... You know, you can, you can picture him becoming a pretty good player, which I, I sort of struggle with... Um, some of the guys around this this era of your big board. Yeah, no, no, I, I think that's probably fair. I, I think I think the, he's one of those guys who, for like, in, an, in in any game, there are a handful of plays where he looks really good. He just he, he is he, he is ineffective for too much of the time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, 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 I yeah, he, he he's he's an interesting one. He's one of the again more unique players in this class. Um, and probably someone whose development, you know, range of outcomes is is really very broad. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, he'll be he'll be an interesting to guy to guy to watch actually because because you could see him being being really effective, or you could see him being the guy who makes a couple of splash plays a game, but is also the guy who gets completely blattered in the run game. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. And the next three guys we're going to talk about very quickly two of which yep. are the next two and then the last guy i think we can all we can talk about and it's something of a grouping yeah they guys who are kind of getting top 60 prospect buzz yeah despite the fact that they're really not very good um <laughs> and it's largely because they they fit an athletic mold that the nfl likes i think personally okay um, go on and that there there is there are there they they look they look better athletes than they do players, um, and they've all tested relatively well. And there are there are plays on tape, particularly the no, particularly so Jalen Ferguson, L.J. Collier, and, and O'Shane uh, Zimenez are the guys we're talking about. Um, and like there are plays on tape where Jalen Ferguson looks really good. There are also a lot of plays where he is completely ineffective um, and technically all over the place. 
Um, and I, I, I think he's probably, for me, the best of the three in that there are kind of flashes of technique. But but from 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 everything I've seen, Collier is just athletic um, and not necessarily really having any technique at all. Um, occasional flashes of hand usage as a run defender, but but um, his pass rush is very athleticism based. Yep. Um, and has all kinds of pad level issues as, as a as a run defender. Um, uh, and Ferguson again, it, it, it's it's guys who have just generally won against lower level competition with athleticism alone and that's they're not good they're not good enough athletes to get away with at the nfl level and also are not good technicians they're 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 nfl caliber athletes but not great athletes who are also technically very raw um and and those are always guys that i tend to be quite cautious about developing um, not not because I don't think they can do it, and I think all three could be good NFL players or at least decent NFL players. Um, I just the guys who in college are still reliant on their athleticism to win without being, you know, um, Davion Clowney. You're always a bit cautious about. Like they they yeah. they didn't win enough for them to have got what they they should have been improving their their technique all this time. Like they weren't dominating guys just with speed. And you can see how they they didn't need to develop technique. They were guys who who would have benefited massively from having technique, yeah, and yeah, yeah. still didn't develop it. If that makes sense, I think that makes sense. Um, that I mean, I'll, I'll be frank. I think they're they're overrated, just like you do. Um, I don't even think they're good athletes, to be honest. I think uh, all, all three of them are fairly limited NFL athletes. Um, I think they perhaps I, I'm I'm not quite sure how Jalen Ferguson got as many sacks as he did at college. Yeah, I I really was confused watching his tape. He was playing at LA Tech, and half the time that he he was just clearing up people yeah. who you know yeah. the pocket breaks down and he just runs after and jumps on someone. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, I I am not trying to just rag on him. Like he, he you know there is some development potential, but his 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 sack production is significantly better than his tape. Yeah. Um. I think uh, O'Shane Zimenez and LG LJ Collier maybe win a bit more on strength than they do. With general athleticism, um, I think O'Shane Zimenez probably has a bit more uh, in terms of hand usage, um, which offers some developmental potential, but his lack of ability to win on the outside um, does yeah, limit, he, you know, and, and, and it's not like his technique is great either. No, his bend isn't great. I think that's my yeah. biggest concern. Yeah. Um, to be fair, at least with Zimenez, there's he is coming out of old dominion there is some kind you know the fact that he's not technically great you can kind of at least believe could be down to coaching yeah um but la tech and tcu are actually relatively decent schools and have produced comparatively technically developed prospects yeah um uh, uh, particularly la tech um so the fact that they are as raw as they are they they, they were guys who basically just beat out against guys who who were never going to play in the nfl and it's that there's they have the talent to make it in the nfl but they don't have the talent to be stars and they're going to need to put in a lot of work to make the most of what talent they've got yeah and that's like i've got like late fourth early fifth round grades on them but that's you know in this class that puts you a long long way down they like in, in a weaker edge class they might be top 
15 prospects, maybe even top 10, probably more like top 15. But in an edge class that's as strong as this, they, they're they just not good enough to get anything other than day three consideration. Yeah. And the fact uh, that, that someone's mocked, I think it definitely think Collier mocked to the late first, and that, that I just... I, what? Yeah, I, I, I can't remember who it was. There was someone who mocked him to late first, and that's just completely ridiculous uh, as far as I can tell. I, 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 I yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I don't see it. Don't see it at all. Could you could you see Collier playing as a free tech in the NFL if he boxed? Yeah, no, no, I know. I, I, so I, one of the notes I have on have on him is positional uncertainty. So I, I, like, I, I could see him playing. Yeah, Lance Erline's got him as a second, a round two prospect. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, yeah. Oh, this is an article you all love. If Seahawks trade down in NFL draft, Zimmer is, um Collier could be their guy. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it, it's um, yeah, no, I, 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 in a in a in a in a class that is this good at edge rusher, these guys getting get, getting first round consideration or even second round consideration is is really confusing to me. Yep, I agree one hundred percent with that. Yeah, but for the Panthers, this is a really good edge rusher class. Um, oh yeah, uh, and. I think Burns is the only guy I'd consider at 16 who isn't called Josh Allen or Nick Bosa, who realistically are, are not going to be there. The only guy who has any chance of being there who I think I'd consider is Burns. Um, in a weaker class, Winovich may... Like, in a weaker edge class, you could maybe have talked me into Winovich. But given how deep this, this edge rusher class is, I, 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 it, it's, it would be hard to justify taking someone who isn't at least got elite level potential at 16 for the Panthers. Yeah. But, but I think it would be, uh, you know, un- unless the board falls strangely and they just aren't the tackle prospects you like and you can't get a trade down or whatever, whatever, you know, if Burns is comfortably top of your board, I think he is good value at 16. Like he's definitely worth the 16th overall pick in this class. It's just for, for the Panthers who have other significant needs in uh, positions that are not anywhere near as deep as this. There, there's definitely some some value in in maybe waiting today too to address edge rusher, and actually if you come away with an offensive tackle and a safety in the first two round picks, but then take Miller and Nelson in the third round, I think that's probably better than than getting Burns at 16 and then having to to scrape by a, a, a safety and, and offensive line in the first round if that makes yep. sense. Yep. Um, yeah. Watching this crop of edge rushers as, as really solidified in my mind that the Panthers should tackle uh, or, or should address uh, the tackle position in the first round. Um, although you never know, some guys might go before uh, pick 16. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think the, 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 the thing to balance then is you don't want to reach an attack in the first round just because you think you have to do a tackle. So yeah, I think if, I know I'm a lot higher on Little than, than some are, but I think if if Dillard and Little are gone, you then have a real. Then, then I think it becomes hard to pass on someone like Burns if he falls. I think the, the real the real real issue for the Panthers is if that if Burns is gone, and and say Dillard and uh, you know and, and, and Little go say yeah, you know, they're probably less likely that Little goes. But if you're less high on Little than I am, and, and Dillard yeah. and Burns are gone, you're then you're either then going to really reach on an offensive tackle um, 
or you're going to draft an edge rusher who isn't necessarily miles better than what you're going to get around later. Yeah. Um, and I think if that that in that situation, you then really, really have to look at trading down. Yeah. Um, and al- although someone like um, Gardner Johnson or, or, or Adderley, I don't think are going to be the best players on the board um, at 16, you then start to look at safety, if only because everything else would either be a reach or, or a misuse of the pick. Yeah. With, with with the one potential caveat being if they really like a three tech, so it, you know, it, it, if Joe oh, yeah, Tillery's yeah. there, then potentially if the Panthers don't sign someone like Alan Bailey, um, if you still have a real need at three tech, you could maybe talk yourself into taking a three tech in the first round. Um, but but yeah, it, it's the there is a best case scenario for the Panthers that is wonderful, and there is a worst case scenario which is really hard to deal with. Um, and in a draft that is really quite volatile in terms of player projection. Um, the the range of outcomes for the Panthers, even even sort of you know, ten fifteen days out from the draft, is 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 really quite hard to to to, to pin down. Yeah. Yeah. But but probably the the outcome that, 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 from this is is that if the Panthers don't draft an edge rusher at sixteen, don't pull your hair out and start screaming because actually this class <laughs> is incredibly deep. And you yep. could well address it at 47 or even 77 and get, you know, legitimately very good players. You know, guys, guys at 77 who would go in the top 40 in most other draft classes, potentially. Yep. Um, so, yeah, th- th- this class is, is really, really deep. Um, and the Panthers should make the most of that, or at least be aware of that when they're making their pick. Um, in in that if, if Burns isn't significantly ahead of whoever you have uh, another position of need, even if he's the best player, it, it's, it makes sense to wait at edge rusher. Yeah. 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 This is, this, this is a really good class. Um, I'm so, I think that's sort of me done in terms of ideas. Do you have anything else you, you, you want to say? Uh, not particularly. I think we've covered most things. Um, this is a, a good edge rusher class and it sort of makes up for the other positions <laughs> in this draft class, like the combination of, uh, Defensive line and, and edge rushing talent in this draft class uh, <coughs> should make the NFL really exciting. Actually, um, yeah, you know it's, it's it's always good to see quality pass rushers in the league, um, and yeah. it's it's, it's going to further exacerbate the offensive line defensive line talent discrepancy you currently see. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, it, it's yeah, it's definitely a much stronger defensive line class than it is an offensive line class. Um, I think the the other takeaway from this class, and and for me, is is just that that the there is a much higher proportion of of developmental players than you usually see. There are there are very oh, few, yeah, yeah. there are very few sort of well rounded players in this class. There are there yeah. are a whole load of guys who at, at every position pretty much whose range of outcomes is just nuts. Yeah, um, yeah. No, there, there are. It's it's one of those things where you look you look at your your, your board and you kind of go like how uh, it's really hard trying to, to factor in the, you know one of the biggest difficulties is factoring in ceiling versus floor and this is a class where there's just a whole range of guys where it, it it's you know some people are really really high on them because they evaluate ceiling more and some people are much more cautious because they evaluate floor more and it's just it, it, the the discrepancy discrepancies between evaluators are, are even higher than usual yep. um anyway in terms of coverage big board's going to come out this week and profiles are going to be on brian burns chase winovich and Montez Sweat, um, and they'll be coming out throughout the week. Um, 
I think we're going to be back next week to talk about draft strategy in general and maybe yep. talk through like a top 32 prospects. Uh, that's still a little bit in the works. But um, this is the last of the positional big boards, so they should all I'll be out. And there might be some edits coming out as we get close to the draft, just some sort of refinement. Um, but yeah, should now have evaluated all the positions. Um, lots of so, players we've watched. Yeah, lots of players. Yeah. Um, lots of lots of players. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as always, um, please rate and subscribe and and recommend and all that stuff um, if you liked it. Yeah. Um, if if you didn't like it, um, if you actually you know have a. Uh, uh, if you're aware of why you didn't like it rather than just you think we're irritating, um, please, you know, tell us why and we can hopefully try and change it um, or at least take it into account. Um, and we'll be back next week. Bye for me. Yep, and it's bye for me. Hi, this is part two of the Great British uh, Drafting Show uh, focus on edge rushers. Actually, no, I'll start that again. Ah, sorry. Fucking hell. (laughs) Yeah.